I'm Rob Beer. I am born, raised and educated in the US, Tucson, Arizona originally. After business school, I moved to London thinking I'd stay two years. I ended up staying 22 and worked all across Europe, the first half as a strategy consultant and the second half essentially as an entrepreneur. I built two pan-European businesses during that time. And then eight years ago, I moved to Singapore with my Singaporean wife. And since then, I have been an executive coach. And currently, I run a firm that does leadership development and a host of other things for the most successful or emerging successful startups in Southeast Asia. So not the babies, but the mids to the bigs. I've just written a book on the topic of leadership, so I've been thinking about it a lot. We have problems in the world that are not getting addressed and are not being resolved. That's the question I'm focused on, not the type of leadership that allows you to be the senior barista at Starbucks with two baristas working for you, because they do call those people leaders. But Starbucks is doing just fine. And even the CEOs of large companies who can drive profits, they're typically called leaders. But if you look at the world, large companies and their profits are doing just fine. What is not doing fine is the collision largely between our economic system, which is built on the premise of never-ending growth, and our natural resource system and our planet, which is clearly not compatible with never-ending economic growth, at least not as we define it today. And the number of people who are working at that interface and are trying to do something about it is not nearly what it needs to be. So it's not that I'm obsessed with climate change, but it's problems like that and other smaller problems, which I think are really the scarce resource. So the question is, if you define leadership as being able and willing to step into the breach of addressing some of the tougher problems, which are not necessarily within the narrow mandate of grow profits or make this company a bit better, then I would define leadership as creating much better outcomes or attempting to create much better outcomes than would have been the case and outcomes that would not have happened if you had not been there, meaning they were not already programmed into the system. If you show up at a large company, growth and expansion and new product development and all that stuff, it's all kind of programmed into the system. And frankly, CEOs at that level are pretty fungible. But if you're a Paul Pullman, everybody's favorite, including mine, no one else would have committed Unilever to the sustainable living plan in the way that he did. That was a completely different outcome. That would not have happened if he had not been there. His shareholders weren't asking for it. None of his other stakeholders were asking for it. He could have easily just collected his 10 million euros, run the business reasonably well and gone home. He chose to bet his reputation and career on a bold commitment. And then the further definition, I guess I would add, is real leadership is when you commit to a future that you don't really fully understand and you don't have a well-planned map. You don't have a playbook of how to get there because nobody has been there before. So I talk in my book about Star Trek leaders because they boldly go where no man or woman has been before. And that is, for me, the essence of leadership. The leadership industry, which is effectively an American industry at its heart, very much driven by the business schools and the large American corporates, will give you a list of competencies as long as you're armed, and that's great because there probably are. But the thing is, 50 of them are not in short supply. So we have to focus on what is the scarce attribute that is in short supply, because there's a lot of talk about empathy, but the world is full of empathetic people, and many of them are not very effective leaders. 
The thing that is in short supply is courage. That's it. It's so obvious once you think about it. The reason that of the largest 100 companies in the world, Paul Pullman was the only CEO to commit himself to this climate change work. People talk about vision, but do we really think that the other 99 CEOs don't see the problem? No, they're perfectly aware of it. You can't avoid it. It's just the courage to commit themselves to a destination which is uncertain, risky, has no clear roadmap, has no clear rules of engagement, and where you have to engage in that mission experientially and in an iterative way. That's a particular form of courage, which does seem to be in remarkably short supply, and it can be learned. That's what's so interesting. And it's learned essentially by practicing. Once I started this insight, every summer I have courage experiments with my kids. We jump off higher diving boards or we do scarier rock climbs or whatever. And sure enough, every time you do something that requires a little bit of courage, you feel a little bit more courageous afterwards. It's just like any other muscle. I found that it's really no different than learning French. You practice and you get better. But I had never thought about that before and it's not a construct that I'd heard before. But leaders need to have a lot more courage than they do. Corporate executives, political leaders need to have a lot more courage than they seem to have today. And you get that by putting yourself into the breach where you need a little bit of courage first and then in progressively larger steps. It absolutely can be learned. I think most natural leaders were born with an extra dose and good for them, but that doesn't help the rest of us. Practicing helps.